acknowledge and let's worship this evening. Welcome everyone to Fellowship College Christmas edition. We're so thankful that you guys are here and are celebrating the Advent season with us. One other thing I wanna celebrate tonight is Ty Olson's birthday. So, Ty's a big 2-1 tonight. So we're so excited to worship with you guys this evening. Um, it's gonna look a little bit different than normal. We're doing a lot of Christmas songs, so I hope you like Christmas music. Um, and in theory, Garland's teaching a lot less. We told him 12 to 15 minutes, we'll see, okay? But we're doing a lot of extra 
songs today. Um, but the next song we're about to sing, I think a lot of you will know it. It's called Little Drummer Boy. And if, if you don't know it or if you've heard it and you've never really like thought about the lyrics, it could be a little weird. And so I wanna give us a little bit of context for this before Isaiah leads us in this song. And so the song is about this fictitious character, this little drummer boy. And the whole idea is that um, he is approached by the wise men, the three wise men, or I don't think we actually know the number, but the wise men. He's approached by them and um, he, he wants to bring Jesus, baby Jesus, a gift. But he doesn't really have anything. He says he has no gift that is fit for a king. Um, so he, he doesn't really have anything. He doesn't have gifts like the wise men do. Um, and the song is so cool and the story is so cool, I think, because we see at the end of the story that uh, what he has is a drum um, and he just plays this drum for Jesus. And Mary gives him the go ahead and says, yeah, you can play the drum. So he plays this drum for Jesus in the, in the very end, it says Jesus smiles. And so I don't think, we, we don't have this, we don't have this in the back, but I wanna read this verse. It's from Acts 17, there's two verses, Acts 17, 24, 25. It says, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. So he doesn't need anything from us. The gifts that we offer him, are, are he doesn't need them. They're like worthless rags to him. And so the story, though, is reflecting this kid's heart. He humbles himself before the Lord, and he gives what he has. And it's the posture of his heart um, that stirs the affections for the and so, um, so that's a little context. Um, would love for you guys to join us in singing this as Isaiah leads us.
Awesome. <clears throat> hey, so glad that y'all are here tonight. Who liked those little Debbie Christmas tree cakes? Guys, I had never had one before tonight, and I'm sold. Those things are so good. I've had six since then. They're incredible. If you want some more on the way out, we'll have some baskets where you can grab a few more, give to some of your friends at home. But we have some special guests tonight. We have a group called Light Bearers. If you've never heard of Light Bearers, uh, they work specifically with college students, and they help to disciple and to train you for ministry in a year-long kind of experience where you'll live together, learn God's word, and train to be sent out for missions. For the seniors in the room, we have something here at Fellowship called the Residency. This is also a time where it's a year-long uh, discipleship program. We'll teach you how to study the word. Uh, you'll get paired with one of the ministries either here or on the Rogers campus, and you'll get trained for, for ministry work and to be sent out. It's an incredible program. On our very own college team here, we have a college resident named Ashley Jolly. Give it up for Jolly if you know her. She's incredible. We're looking for some more college residents next year. So if you wanna sign up, you can go to our Instagram bio and fill out an application there. And if you're interested in light bearers, they're gonna be right outside in the foyer uh, after this. So as we continue to worship, let's just be reminded and thankful for the year that we've been given. I know it's a weird year, maybe the weirdest year we've ever had. But God, in the weirdness, has continued to give us grace and love and abundance. He's done way more than we could have ever imagined. And so let's sing out of that heart of gratitude. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that even when the circumstances around us seem chaotic and out of control, we can trust that you are good and that you are in control and that you love us. And so I pray that we wouldn't just sing random words because they're songs we've heard before, but that we would truly lift up praise to you because you are good and you deserve it. And so we pray that, that these words would be received and that we would draw near to you tonight. So we love you, we praise you, and we pray this all in the name of Jesus, amen. given just a moment to kind of preface us for uh, where we're gonna go forward. And I thought that now would be a good time as any to state my, publicly state my disdain for Hallmark movies. I just despise them. All the plots are the same. Okay, there's this girl, she's super busy, and then this weird hunk that's unreasonably attractive comes out of the woodwork, and he's like, hey, you should love Christmas. And she's like, no, I'm too busy, and it's terrible. It's terrible. If you like Hallmark movies, come talk to me after. I'm getting too heated about this. Well, worshiping Jesus isn't helping. Um, sorry, all topic. Um, I think often we come in during Christmas time and we're required to put on that Hallmark face. I think there's a lot of us that pretend that like everything's good, everything's happy because it's, it's Christmas, you know? We're supposed to have joy, we're supposed to have peace, we're supposed to have hope. Um, what's interesting is that the first Christmas came to us and it wasn't in those circumstances. Um, and the next song we're about to sing is one of my favorites because it's the only Christmas song that's sad. The holidays are really restful for a lot of people, but some people in this room 
by going back to homes where somebody's missing, and that's hard. Or going back to homes that aren't super peaceful, aren't super restful, or overwhelmed with responsibilities and overwhelmed, just feeling heavy, just feeling burdened. Um, it should give us comfort to know that the first Christmas came to us in these circumstances. Yes, there's joy given to the world, but it's because we didn't have it. Yes, there's now peace on earth, but it's because it wasn't there before because we weren't given Jesus. So if we would, we're gonna sing this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and this is an invitation. And if we would, I'd love to enter in with Israel. The book of Malachi ends and there's 400 years before the next book of the Bible is written, the New Testament. So for 400 years, God's people are being oppressed by foreign invaders, they're desperate, they're hopeless, they need a savior. And this is a song of groaning, a song of need. Like, Jesus, we need you. Be with us. Emmanuel, God with us, where are you? And I think that's where many of us enter today. So if we would, let's sing this as an invitation. May we enter into the desperation and the
Father, what a truth that is. What a holy, divine night that you came to us in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our hurts and our brokenness. You did not sit from heaven and look at us, but you came down and you experienced life with us. Lord, we don't necessarily have the answers for pain and for heartbreak and for suffering, but we do have a Savior who suffers them with us. So Lord, thank you for being good. Father, you're better than a world of Dr. Pepper. Ah, my goodness. Thank you for this time, a time where we can come and learn more about your son and the work that he did for us. Would you allow us to continue and to learn the power of the coming of Jesus? We pray these, in your son's, pray these things in your son's holy name. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. Feeling good? How many, of, did, did Ty say that God is better than a, World of Dr. Pepper a minute ago? Did you say, where is he? I'm not sure, I don't know, I don't understand that. That's true, though, that is true. Uh, I'm Garland, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, let me be the first to say, happy finals week. And uh, Merry Christmas uh, to everybody. This will be our last uh, college service of the semester, and then we will be, we'll be off because uh, y'all will be scattering back home or wherever you are from. And so we're so glad that you came to uh, worship with us tonight. Obviously, it's a little bit different. And with that in mind, we're just going to dive right in. I'm, we're going to do like a 10-minute devotional, and we're going to look at one thing that I think is really cool, then I'm going to sit down. That's it, all right? So go to Matthew chapter 1. If you have your Bible, pull it out. If you don't have a Bible, get a Get your phone out and, and Google it or use the Bible app or something. Matthew chapter 1, let's get after it here and see uh, this cool thing that Matthew is doing. Uh, I'm going to read the passage. We'll be starting in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, 18. Uh, I'm sure these words, if you grew up in church, are familiar. Let's take a look at them. Here it is. Matthew 1, 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And then he quotes, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with 
us. By the way, Elf had nothing to do with this at all. Uh, my kids are now watching it. So my, Elf's a top 10 movie for me, I think, of all time. Uh, how many of you, Elf is your favorite Christmas movie? All right. How about uh, like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Um, the, the Grinch with Jim Carrey? Uh, what, uh, I'm kind of over a Christmas story, to be honest with you. It's just a little slow. How many Christmas stories your favorite movie after I said that? Okay. What, what am I missing? Oh, I forgot about Die Hard. Yes, I forgot Die Hard. What was that one over here? Oh, Home Alone. Yes, my kids are just watching Home Alone. Uh, and so my, I'm, I'm like reliving some greats and introducing them to some new ones. Anything else? Pol- Polar Express. That movie was so lame. It never went anywhere. It's like, give me some action here. Give me some Die Hard. All right? Yeah, Polar Express is a no-go. Um, No, you can like it. You can like Polar Express. All right, here we go. Matthew 1, and what I want to know is this. Here's the question when we look at the passage. Matthew, in chapter 123, he says, this happened to fulfill what the prophets said. Then he quotes from the Old Testament, we assume. And your Bible, if, if your Bible does such things, probably gave you a footnote, and it tells you that that is coming from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. So what we want to do is, and I think it's interesting, most of the time we see those kinds of statements and we just, we just go right past them because we, we're, we, don't, we don't read our Old Testaments that often and if we do, we don't really, we're not really sure what's going on. So here's what I want to do. We need to look at Isaiah and then make sense of it and then figure out why Matthew's using it and we got about nine minutes left to do that. So uh, let's go back, flipping your Bibles back to Isaiah. It's right towards the middle of your Bible. It's huge. It's 66 chapters in the middle of your Bible. If you're on your phone, then just change over to, uh, using Google, change over to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Let's take a look at what Isaiah says, and uh, then we're going to kind of figure out what, what's going on with Isaiah's world. Here's Isaiah 7, 14, and it'll sound familiar because Matthew just quoted it. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. That's all we get. That's what Isaiah says. Now, it would be helpful for us to figure out what in the world is going on in Isaiah. And to do that, let's get some context. Go back up a few verses. Isaiah is saying this, not talking about Christmas. That's not what he has in mind, the Christmas story. Isaiah, as a prophet of Israel, he is experiencing the events of what we're about to talk about in about 735 B.C. Jesus was born in either 6 or 5 B.C., not 0, they got it wrong, 6 or 5 B.C., and so this is 730 years before the Christmas story. Let's see what's going on in Isaiah. Look up at verse 3. Yahweh, the Lord, all caps, said to Isaiah, Isaiah's a prophet, and says, Go out, you and your son, She'er Jeshub, to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the launderer's field. And if you're like me, this is one of the reasons you don't read your Old Testament. Because you're like, what in the world's going on here? And it doesn't help us that, look at what he says. Say to him, be careful. Keep calm and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood. Because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Remaliah. And it just it goes way over our heads. We don't know what's going on. 
in any way, shape, or form. Now, go back up to verse 1. We get a little bit of, of insight into what's going on in this context. Look at chapter 7, verse 1. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, was king. Okay, Ahaz is a king. He's a king in Judah. What we're going to see is King Rezin of Aram. It's a neighboring nation to ancient Israel. And Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel. Go with me here. In 931, so 200 years before these events of Isaiah's day, Israel broke apart. No longer was it a united nation, but it was divided with 10 tribes now called Israel and their kings and two tribes now called Judah and their kings. And it got bad. Things got rough. Like they were, they were fighting all the time, those two nations. There was civil war going on for 200 years back and forth and skirmishes and this king's mad at this king and this king's doing this with that king. And it got crazy. And what we see in chapter 7 is the king of Israel is plotting with another nation to come and destroy the king of Judah. That's the context of what's going on. Now look at verse 7. God sends Isaiah to the king of Judah and says, I will not let them come and invade you. I will not let it happen. I'm going to spare you. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to deliver you. Now, I want you to put yourself in Ahaz's spot, all right? He's an ancient king, and there's two nations that have got together to come after him and destroy him. And they're on the march to come and invade his land. Obviously, when they come, they're going to kill him, they're going to kill all of his family, and they're going to establish themselves as the kings of this land. Put yourself in Ahaz's position. How would you feel? I mean, I would be really nervous and really scared. I'd have all sorts of fear and doubt and anxiety and worry. Like, this is a big deal. And if I'm in Ahaz's shoes, I'd say, okay, um, that's great and all, Isaiah. You're saying God sent you to tell me they're not going to beat they're not going to beat me. They're gonna, I'm going to be okay. Okay, you said God sent me. Now, how am I going to know? And we get a sense in the story that God wants to make sure that Ahaz has confidence. Look at verse 14. This is our passage. This is the Christmas passage. Verse 14. What's the sign? I'm, I'm scared still, Isaiah. How do I trust it? How do I know that this is really, I'm really going to be saved here? This is the sign, God says. I'll give you a sign. The Alma, the virgin. I'm sure your Bible has a footnote here. He's not talking Christmas. He's not talking Mary. You've got to imagine Isaiah. He's in the king's court. There's people all around. And he points to a, an Alma. It's a, a Hebrew word for young woman. And one of these women in the court is, is somehow pregnant. She's not somehow. She got pregnant. She's there pregnant. And Isaiah points to her and says, this one, this Alma, this young woman, she's going to give birth to a son. And I want you to plaster all over that kid, like get him tattooed, get him a shirt, get him some kind of, get some banner that follows him around. Here's this kid's name. Everywhere this kid goes, you say, that's the sign, that's Emmanuel, just so you can see it, I, I'm, I'm a huge history nerd. I like to see things. This is what it would look, this is what it looks like in Hebrew. Emmanuel, with us, God. And everywhere this kid goes, you can say and you can know, Emmanuel, God is with me. He won't let 
He won't let me get destroyed. He'll, he'll save me from my enemies. He'll lift me up. It's not hopeless because this child is alive. Look at the next verse, verse 15. He'll be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the Lord of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. I'm with you. I'm with you to save you. And even in your fear, and even in your doubt, and even in your uncertainty, and even in your anxiety, and even with all of your questions, Ahaz, remember, just look to, the, look to, look to Emmanuel, look to him, and be reminded. Now, that's the story in Isaiah 714, 700 years before Christmas. And what's interesting is that does come to pass. Ahaz is saved. He's rescued. The armies that invade, they, they don't end up invading. God spares him. Yet Israel will still fall victim to the power of sin and evil, and other nations will come in, and they will wipe them out. And in their distress, in their fear, in their pain, in their doubt, they, they're in desperate need of a Savior. It's almost as if this first time wasn't big enough, wasn't deep enough, wasn't lasting enough. Israel is still in desperate need, and Judah is still in desperate need need. So on to the scene, 700 years later, in a manger comes the second Emmanuel. And by the way, just so you can see it, this is a manger, all right? Uh, it's not cozy. It's not, you know, you wouldn't Pinterest it and put it up. Like, it's not warm and nice. And it's a feeding trough for animals, all right? This is an excavated manger in the first century in Israel, ancient Israel, okay? This is what Jesus is laid in. 700 years go by. In the same fear, the same doubt, the same uncertainty, Matthew says, Emmanuel has come. This is the fulfillment of what we really, deeply, and truly need. Flip back over to Matthew. Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1, is telling us something amazing and grand with this statement. It's not just a physical victory over an enemy. It's the victory over sin and the victory over death. It's the victory over the bigger enemy that Jesus is accomplishing. The same idea from Isaiah's day, that even in your fear and even in your doubt and even in your uncertainty and even in your anxiety and even when you don't know the answer and even when you're confused, look to the Emmanuel child and know that God is with you. He'll, he's, he's with you to rescue you. Be reminded. Put a banner over this child. Never forget it. Emmanuel, God is with us. And here's the deal. I, like I told you, I, I'm gonna make, I think it's cool. I think it's a really cool, amazing 700-year-old thought that Matthew says, this is it. So that, that's it. What, what I would like you and I to do is this. I'm not sure where you're at right now, whether you're a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're, you're not. Maybe you're saying, I got some worries or some confusion. We'd love to process those with you. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus, but it's just been tough lately. Maybe you're really desperately trying to walk with Jesus. Can, can I just help you and help me to see that our, our hope and our peace and our joy and our love, it comes because of the Emmanuel child. I find it striking. This is how we close where we sing. Jesus did not arrive in Rome 
or Alexandria or Antioch or Carthage or any of the impressive great cities of the Roman world of the first century. Not even in Jerusalem. He's in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. And later in Jesus' life, he'll say, the Son of Man, the Emmanuel, came not to be served, but to serve and give, my, give his life as a ransom for many. That's our king, and he's with us. And as long as that king lives, we know that he's with us to save us, even in our fear and our uncertainty. So I'm gonna pray, and then I want us to sing, and I want us to celebrate this season of Christmas and what we have in him, our hope, our peace, our joy, and our love. It flows from what he has done. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, you are the answer. You are the Emmanuel. You are the sign that salvation is here. It's a billboard saying, as long as this child lives, know and be certain that your deliverance, your rescue, your salvation is yours. So look to him and be healed. Look to him and have confidence. And it's not just the enemy of some foreign attacker. It's the true enemy called sin and evil and death. And this child, the Emmanuel, has defeated it. Wow. And he defeated it through a lonely, a lowly birth, in a humble life, in a sacrificial death, in a victorious resurrection. Emmanuel, God with us, is who we celebrate this time of year. Past all the lights and the presents and the finals and the going home and all that people of the Emmanuel child. To him we sing. Would you stand? Let's sing.
you surprised the world, O oh God, by coming not in clashing thunder or flashing lights, but in the quiet and simple splendor of a child's radiant face. Help us to understand this mystery of love beyond all loves, that we may be led to a new kind of love, a love that loves not by what we can get, but in what we can give, a love that counts not who is worthy to receive, but beyond our own understanding is showered freely on
Sing, we say glory to God in the highest. We echo uh, what they said and at the birth of Jesus. And so uh, this is our final one. Like I said, uh, if you haven't followed us on Instagram, that's how we'll do all the communication of when we're going to be back. It'll be the, the same week school starts back for you. A couple things as you head out. First and foremost, uh, be safe uh, over the holidays uh, as best as you can. Uh, I know that for some of you, you're going back to uh, places where maybe there's some pain or there's some wounds, and uh, we just know that we're here. Like, we don't go away, uh, your pastoral team, so we'd love to talk to you. If you need anything, please let us know. Um, the second thing is, uh, I drove back from St. Louis yesterday. I was doing a wedding up there, and there's an app called the Dwell app, which is like a Bible reading app, and I, uh, somebody just showed me, actually Burton's one who told me about it. And uh, if you have a long drive or are gonna be making several long drives, let me just suggest it to you. Uh, I listened to Revelation twice. Uh, I, I stopped at a random Slims somewhere in Missouri, and I played it again. And it was fantastic just to listen to Scripture. That's how most people in the history of the Bible have heard it, not read it. So let me just recommend that to you. Uh, we'll be here in January. If you're going to be around, we have our Sunday morning services. We'd love to see you there. I'll be here uh, teaching in big church next Sunday morning. So if, we, if you're still around, we'd love to see you. Oh, we're praying for y'all this week with finals. Good luck. We love y'all. Have a great Christmas break. We'll see y'all in a month. Have a great one, everybody. See y'all. You wouldn't mind head out to the outside because of COVID. So get out of here. See you in a month. <laughs>